gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you, back in the car. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. It can look like anyone, but there's only one of it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Potato Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies that you absolutely should have seen. I am Zach, and I'm here with three of my good friends discussing Spooktober number two movie. I'm Tyler. I'm Scott. I'm Jake. And we are here discussing Spooktober number two. Movie. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to get into it. I also Spook- just realized you didn't put any of the facts in here for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to look those? Somebody want to look those up while we I'll, do a little I'll, vamping? If I'm quiet for the next few minutes, it's because I'm filling this in. So you guys, yeah, talk that's okay. I think we can we'll, vamp. We'll vamp. Okay, yeah, we yeah. got this. Uh, Zach, way to go! By the way, on, sorry, uh, I forgot. Yeah, on doing none of your job. Can I tell you guys something? I have never filled in the sheet. Somebody's done it for me. Like I've been, I like this year I looked, I was like, I should probably do that. And then it was just done. So I assume it was Scott. Cause that's the kind exactly. of thing I've done it before. I think too. it was either me or Zach. Oh really? Yeah. That's I've, a- I've done it in the past where I was like at work and I, it was a slow day and I'm like, I'm just going to do this. I'm kind of interested to see what these facts are. Anyways, I appreciate so. you doing it for me. I'm going to have to do it this year. Probably. So I think Tyler, I've done more than my job in the past. I mean, I've done more of them than you have. I but know, but you said I did zero of. I've them. done less of them. I've done less of them than anybody. I'm the only one that's actually that's done true. Zero of them. Jake has done zero of his job. Zach, you've done some. It's not my fault. I'm. It's not that I'm not willing to do it. It's just you know we're we're several months away from next season, so I had time, and then all of a sudden it's done for me. So so what you're saying is it's not that you have no interest in doing it. It's just that the three of us are more interested in this podcast than you are. Maybe more interested in fact gathering. <laughs> I think what I'm hearing is that Jake deserves zero financial compensation. That's what I'm hearing for his too. Participation. Yeah, I don't that's think that just so too. like if we have a job, like you and I both have a job, and then you just go ahead and decide to do my job before I can do my job, you get my money. You don't deserve to be paid. Yes. I, if I am the boss, that's yes, correct. that is correct. But what if I was just what like I hear, sleeping? What that tells you me know, is like it's like this, nighttime. I can pay one employee to do the job of two. So yeah, that's I'm right. firing but you're going to have to get overtime and that's more money. <laughs> I think I he think did it within his normal hours. Well, yeah. I think, yeah, that's well. I think that I'd still save money. I think I'm, I'm still only paying one employee, maybe just a little bit more, but you're paying one employee for, but you're paying double or time and a half for part of that. Yeah. But if I'm paying two employees, that's double. It's not though. It because if you're be. paying two employees, that's two people at a regular rate. Let's assume similar rate. But then you get time and a half for that same amount of time. But that, but I'm saving money because I've fired you. But you're not saving. But you're paying you are, more money. No, you're, you're saving money. Because you have to work overtime. There, there, if I'm there paying, are employment costs associated with each individual employee. So if I can consolidate into one employee, I'm actually saving money. Even if I'm paying that employee some overtime to compensate. And plus, now I'm only paying one employee benefits, not two. 
Oh, we get benefits for this? Well, us well, three. We do. Scott, <laughs> yeah. we get dental, <laughs> life insurance, and health. And That's 401k matching. Mm hmm. Up to 5%, which is pretty it good. It comes straight out of Remy's 401k. He <laughs> does Remy know that? Uh, he well, does now. Uh, yeah, because Scott set it up. Scott <laughs> set Remy's 401k up. Yeah, I set Remy's up to forward into all of our accounts, and I set yours up to go just into my account. So I'm kind of <laughs> triple dipping on money that's not mine. <laughs> I see. Scott, what That's do you say? Smart. What do you say? First of all, thank you. But what do you say? You hit us with a little bit of just the facts. Yeah, this was directed by David Mitchell. Scott truly is Those a bad been actor. in there for a while, right? <laughs> These have been here the whole time. Yeah. Uh, written by David Mitchell. Uh, released March fifteenth, twenty fifteen. Runtime of a hundred minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave this a ninety five percent. IMDb gave it a six point eight. So they definitely disagree a little bit on that one. Box office of twenty one point nine million on a one million dollar budget. So uh, you guessed it, twenty one point nine x return. <laughs> uh, did not win any uh, Saturns, but did get nominated for best horror uh, picture oh. from the Saturn Awards. Cool. Well, just a reminder for as we get into Spooktober every year, we didn't talk about this uh, last episode. Uh, but because it actually won Academy, it actually Awards. won Academy Awards. But uh, every year in Spooktober, we give honorable mention to the Saturn Awards, uh, which are a part of the Academy apparently, and uh, goes to kind of serve the underserved category of horror because it's just never going to compete with the rest of the Academy. Uh, and so they have their own sci-fi and horror awards. Yeah, and I feel like honestly, there is more often a sci-fi movie that will capture everybody's attention and like actually get a, a attention at the Academy Awards. But horror, I can think of not very many horror movies that I feel like we'll get. It's a very polarizing genre. Yeah. Like either you love it or you hate it. But even even the people that love like even though like there's a horror movie that everybody loves, it's not gonna get Academy Award attention. No, because of all the people yeah. that just hate horror movies. Unless unless you're like The Shining. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I was talking to, to Patreon earlier and talking about how I switched my pick from what we do in the, the, the shadows to It Follows. And what happened was I watched what we do in the shadows. Good movie. I like that movie. Um, I wasn't sure if it'd be a very fun episode. Like, I, I, I mean, we'd quote some funny parts, but sometimes talking about comedy uh, is not the most engaging content, I feel like, that we do. And what also happened was I watched The Conjuring and then I watched The Thing and I was like, I just want to keep watching horror movies. I want to be scared. I like horror movies and I was really excited about Spooktober. Um, and so I just wanted to pivot and Tyler had given me the idea to do It Follows a couple weeks back, which was a, a, a horror movie that I've seen a few times now and I've always really enjoyed and I can get into why I enjoy it. And I enjoyed it again this time. Um, I don't think it's the scariest movie by any means necessarily, but there's a lot about it that I do really enjoy. And I think it has some really solid scares. Um, and so I enjoyed my time watching it again. Yeah. I'd seen this movie before as well. And, and I, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm going to make a lot of fun of this movie throughout this episode. Uh, but I do think it's a really good movie. Um, I liked it watching it again this time. I wouldn't say that it really like is the most, um, I don't know. Horror is always, I'm always going to choose distractions 
when I'm watching a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always going to have my phone on me so that I can just sort of like cheat away from being scared. That was my whole experience of the conjuring. (laughs) That's fair. Um, and so sometimes horror movies don't always get my best, like, uh, full look. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have seen this like really truly sat through this before. I think it is like a sufficiently like it's not the scariest movie I've seen, but it's like it's a good it's a it's a type of horror that I really like. I really like kind of slow burn type horror films. Um, I'm not a big like slasher fan. I just don't necessarily tend to care about or appreciate those. Uh, and I really appreciate the the tone and pace of this movie. I think it's I think it's incredibly suspenseful. Uh, yeah, I was a late bloomer to this. Hadn't seen it before. Um, was not scared at all. <laughs> I thought it was borderline comical at times. Um, there was some like you know plot holes. There was some weird decisions made by like the cinematography at times. Uh, there was just different things throughout it. I don't know. I, I, it wasn't bad. I'm not gonna say this is a bad movie. Um, and I'm not gonna rate it as bad as some of the other things we like. I don't think it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre bad. Um, but there was just a lot of things with it that I was like, what? what who does like this a little bit? <laughs> this, this is why I initially wanted to pick a comedy because <laughs> I, I get knew, it, and I stand by this decision because. I, I, I enjoyed watching this. I think we're going to have a more interesting conversation. But I knew that I'd pick something and that Scott would, uh, that I would completely disagree with everything Scott feels about it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, I'm, this is probably the only of the four that I'm going to talk like this about. What do you mean? Of the four Spooktober picks this year, this is the only one that was like, really? More than Sleepy Hollow? Uh, Scott picked that one. I know, but still. He I would rather watch Sleepy Hollow again than this. That's fair. Oh, really? That's this. This was like a nothing movie. I mean, I just don't understand. Okay, let's let's real quick. Let's let's put a pin in this. I want to hear what Jake thinks. I actually pretty hard disagree with you, everybody. I think that of the Spooktober movies, I don't I don't really get scared at scary movies. I think that this may be the the most tense and maybe the most scary movie that we've done to date. Yeah, uh, I think because the to me and maybe to others the death of fear and like is explanation and resolution. Yeah, and I don't think we get either of those things. Yeah, in this movie, mm. uh, and so like in the Conjuring, for example, which we're going to talk about next week, like one we get our our Van Helsing right. right to come in and save the day, and at the end of the day. There is resolution and they are saved from this, but you don't know. Right. If you are safe. No. You don't know why this is happening. You don't know what its motivation is. You don't really know anything. And that is scary. Yeah, I agree. To me. Yeah. And so that is, I think that this is the scariest. For me personally, I think it's the scariest movie we've done for those reasons. I think there are a lot of tense moments in this where like, it's just like really tight spaces Mm -hmm. and like not any way out from this, like, you know, unstoppable force. Uh, and so like I was tense for a lot of moments and I think overall the idea is much scarier for me and like in, in some, in a way that would stick with me, but like at the end of most, most horror movies, 
everything's fine. Right. Which is why, like, uh, I forget the name of the movie. Uh, Ethan Hawke is in it. And he's like... Sinister. Sinister. Oh, yeah. Sinister is the most disturbing movie I've seen. Yeah, totally. And there's, there's, like, there's some explanation, I guess, but there's no resolution. Right. There's mm-hmm. nothing they could have done. Uh, and that is why that is maybe the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Uh, and so I think that this this does more for me, scary-wise, I guess, than other movies have because there's so much unknown and that's where it's frightening. Um, I think that that's a, a really, really good analysis of this film. Uh, I, th- I think you summed it up really well. And as you were talking about it, it reminded me of something that I had learned while researching this film was um, that the director, uh, is it David Mitchell? Scott, are you able to look? Yeah, that's what it um, is. This was inspired by nightmares he had where there was like a figure that's following him in his nightmare and he made some really intentional decisions to try to facilitate like a dreamlike tone in this movie and that's why you can't ever really place a date in this film there's aspects of it that look like it could have been from the 80s or even earlier and and we just uh appear in the middle of scenes yeah, yeah. and and but then there's other scenes where there's more modern technology and whatnot and um Exactly like what Tyler said. And I feel like I hadn't really thought about it before, but I feel like by intentionally not revealing too much about this monster or whatnot, that really reinforces that idea of like a nightmare because we don't have explanations of our nightmares. We Uh don't have resolution. We just appear in them and then we're just, we, we wake up. And so it's almost like we're just thrown into five minutes of a horror movie. Um, and so I feel like that is done well in this movie. And I feel like, uh, like I feel like he was able to facilitate that feeling very well in this film. Oh, I, I feel like in the car park, it, like our opening scene, like he just told us the whole exposition. Not really. He told us it's coming for you. It can be these things. And, uh, like there's only it, one of them. It was basic. It was basically like the, the training tutorial at the bin, beginning of a video game it wasn't like the exposition of why this is happening but we don't get our like we don't get our moment that i feel like you get all too often where the expert comes in and the expert is like this is what we're dealing with and this is how we deal with it there's no scene like at the end of sleepy hollow where the stepmom the evil stepmom comes forward and explains everything that was happening behind the scenes right and then gets her comeuppance exactly right and then yeah at the end there's no real resolution, I don't think. Uh, and that is, I think in other stories, it would be frustrating. But in, if you want, I think if you want people to be afraid, that's part of it. It, it is frustrating and those things. And I, so I think it works in this. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like this was effective. I feel like Sleepy Hollow of the four is the only one that has resolution. I think. From this year. I think you're 100% wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you think, think you're the wrong. Conjuring does not have a resolution. I mean, there's a conjuring too that doesn't well, yeah, have anything to do with these. Pe- it's it's following. It's sure following these the people temporarily got out, but like this entity is still there and still looming. It doesn't have to like, do. It's not the same thing. It's a different. Like I've a seen different demon three or four of the Conjuring movies. Okay, well we'll save Conjuring talk for the Conjuring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that sounds um, like a good call. I mean, that's like saying Scooby-Doo never has resolution because they go on to solve a different Another mystery. mystery. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I I really felt 
Jake, I, I mean, I agree with Zach. I think you perfectly analyzed this movie. I don't even think I'm going to try and like add on to that. Um, but I'll say like, I felt for sure what you're describing, like the, the scene in particular that like, yeah, when, uh, this has all just happened and the, the boy who's in love with her comes over to like spend the night with the sisters. Um, and he's like, you know, downstairs and she comes down and she can't sleep. And, and he like the brick goes through the window or something like that. And he's like, I'm going to go run upstairs and wake up your sister. From that moment, I am so freaking tense because I know what's happening. And I'm like, I'm like screaming internally. Like, why did you get into a room where there's only one exit? That like, was, I was like, why would you ever go into a second story? Yeah. And then, yeah, then she runs upstairs and, and like, it's like, oh my gosh, all of that, that entire sequence was so tense for me. Like I held fear tension that entire time. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I forgot to say this. I don't think I hated this movie. Like I, I've said, I hate horror and I don't know that that's true. I think that there's a lot of modern horror I don't like. And I think it's these ghosts and demon movies. And I think they're like overly gross, honestly, in a way that I don't like. This wasn't that. Um, I didn't hate it. It's not my favorite movie. Uh, but there are there are a lot of movies where I'm like, I don't know why this movie was made. I see why this movie was made. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it relatively, I guess. It wouldn't it wouldn't be something I would pick to put on, but I didn't hate it. Like, yeah. I, I hate most, but like there's like like gothic horror I really like, or like old horror I really like. Um so there, there's a lane for me here, and I still am trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> I think that this movie, I almost appreciate more just as a film than I do as a horror movie. You know, like if I'm if I want to get together with like a group of friends and watch a horror movie, I wouldn't pick this one. There's five other ones that I'd pick first because we're not really getting together to appreciate a film. We're getting together to have fun and be scared and maybe whatever it may be. But there's like, I, Scott, you said that there was some weird cinematography choices made. I really like the cinematography in this movie. I really enjoyed the score. Um, I, th- there's a lot about this movie that I appreciate the same way I would appreciate other like non horror a 24 movies. And it's a very, artistic film in a lot of ways um and and i like that about it and i can kind of unpack this if if you guys want me to but i also feel like this movie is just kind of a vibes movie like i just kind of love the vibe of it i would love for you to unpack that actually (laughs) there's an aspect of this movie that feels weirdly nostalgic for me and it's the the portion of the film earlier on before they really are starting to kind of investigate what's going on and then they're trying to What's so funny, Scott? Nothing. I had a, uh, a, a response that I chose not to say. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, it, it really, like, reminds me of times I've had when I was, like, a teenager just hanging around doing absolutely nothing with some of my friends in their house in their suburban homes or we're just, like, sitting around at the park or going on walks. And, like, it kind of creates, like, a sense of, like, this suburban Southern California, like, childhood that I had that not a lot of movies have been able to emulate for me. And I really like enjoy that aspect of it. Um, and I enjoy these characters a lot. Like I feel like I would have really enjoyed a novelization of this. Oh yeah. I would too. I think I enjoyed most of the characters. I didn't like the guy that was in love with her. Really? He was just like, so simpy. 
Yeah, and like manipulative, <laughs> and like I, I really like felt for CK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really felt like he was like trying to take advantage of her biggest trauma in life so he could sleep with her, and I just couldn't get on board with him because he was like, oh well, like. You can give it to me. Like I want you to give it to me. <laughs> I feel like, like I'll die. I'll die for it. Give it to me, please. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I, I feel like there's a little bit more than that. I feel like it's less like he just wanted to get in her pants and more he wanted to be her savior. And I her, don't like yeah. Prince Charming. If that was true, he wouldn't have hated the guy that did save her. Yeah, he would have. You think? Yeah, because he there. wants to be him. Yeah, I've not, been there. He doesn't want yeah. the other guy to be him. Okay. I think it's still like manipulative. I think it's just less like sex focused. Interesting. I mean, even though, yes, like the central plot point of the movie is sex. Demon STD. Yeah. <laughs> Demon hot potato STD. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, even though that's the central point, I don't think that that's what it is. That that wasn't my read on him either, that it was, it was just to like get with her kind of a thing. I think, I think he wanted to, I think he wanted, I think he was in love with her, but he had no shot. Uh, I, I would put it equal parts personally. Like, I think he did really want to get with her, but he also thought that he was in love with her. Mm. I mean, I feel like those go hand in hand. Like if I'm in love with Most someone, I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, that's why know. I said it's 50, 50. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I feel like, but I guess, I guess what we were refuting is that it was like creepy. Like that, it was just purely physical. Like I just want to. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think bones. it was creepy. I think it was like a dog begging for food. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. But um, maybe not a dog humping your leg. <laughs> Scott, I, I, yeah. I was. I, I think there was just. There, I watched this with my girlfriend, and there was a moment where she said, "Like, oh, what did she say?" It was like all the friends are like, "Oh, they're so glad it's not them." And I was like, "You know what? That guy is not. That guy is <laughs> super upset. It's not him." <laughs> What, what did Anu think of this, being a, a huge horror fan? You know what? It really scared her, honestly. Oh, really? Like, and then I, because I told her, I was like, this is just the uh, the Reddit snail post. Uh-huh. And then she was like, I, I talked to her a couple of days later. She's like, I had nightmares about a snail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she loves horror, but we were talking because we watched several of these together. And she was like, I don't know if I have the stomach for it anymore. And I was like, man, uh, that's weird you know what's interesting is that like i think watching the conjuring versus watching this movie the conjuring scares me more like i I would say that is a scarier film but if you were to and maybe it's because i am a christian but uh like the idea of the it follows monster on paper sounds scarier to me than like a a demon a a demon in a house i think that and maybe we can get into more of this in The Conjuring, but I think the reason that maybe a demon sounds less scary to me one, I don't think that I don't think that a that a demon is acting the way that we watch in The Conjuring. Sure, like I just, agree. But, but it's just but trying to be a spooky not, little guy. Yeah, for the sake yeah. of argument, assume um, it is. But there's there's something that can be done. Mm-hmm. There, there is something that can be done, and you can rid yourself of this. And there is just no way to rid yourself of this. Yeah. This monster, and that's why it's scarier. I mean, you can just give it to someone else. You but give it to somebody, it, but then if they die, it'll come. It to just you. comes back the sure. chain, you know. So like, you never know if you're safe. 
Exactly. You never know. Like if maybe six people down the line and all six of those people die, then you're I, the one. I right. almost think that the further away from it you get, the scarier the it would be scarier because you have is. no gauge. Right. If you never sleep with someone else, you know it is coming for me. Absolutely. So I just need to be on the move. And maybe that's just the lifestyle you'd have to have regardless. But if 30 years pass and you're just like, I have no idea. If it's it killed everyone through, up and it yeah. could have gone through six, it could have gone through six hundred people. I have no idea how far away it is from me. Exactly. But uh, that that said, I do have one big beef with the movie, with the 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 monster. I think, and that is that I think you would be able to figure it out because it is not coming to you in a way that is advantageous to itself. Right. We're yeah, like, you're like, never. it's like, oh, I'm, I'm an old lady in a hospital gown in the middle of this college. Obviously I'm going to know that that is it. Like why it's, it's standing out. Yeah, yeah. I'm a giant guy that has to duck to get through your door like that. But doesn't not, make sense. But not me. all, it's not always a stranger, but it always stands out. It, except, for, except for in one case in the movie, like it's like I'm a naked woman that, uh, or I'm yeah. I'm a, a granny in a in a hospital gown. Yeah. Uh, except for in the case where it becomes that Her guy's friend. mom and knocks on the door. Yeah. yeah, that that's the only time where it's it's coming in a way that is unexpected. Yeah, that we see. That, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. we see. That's true, but like I feel like it stands out more than it doesn't, and that doesn't well, make sense to me. And like, it does what? weird stuff like stand on the roof. So yeah, like, like how na- naked guy on the roof. One, it goes like a half a mile an hour. How long did it take for that thing to get on the roof? I I really <laughs> thought at one point I would love to have just a, a like a short film that is from the monster's perspective. That yeah. it's like God damn it! Like I've been walking this direction for. 50 miles and now I have to turn and walk the other direction for another it's, hundred. It's interesting miles. you bring like, up the roof thing. I remember hearing in an interview with Quentin Tarantino and someone asked him, this is back when this movie came out. Someone asks him like, Hey, have you seen any good movies? Uh, like, would you recommend any movies that you've seen this year? And he said it follows was a great movie. And he said, it's like one of the best uses of exposition that he's seen in a film. And he said, my one bit of beef with it is there's a scene where the monster's on the roof and it serves no purpose to the plot except just to freak the audience out but it doesn't follow its own logic and i agree with him i think that that i agree with was that an unnecessary aspect of the movie that could have been cut also out. i think that was the director the oh really that? the naked dude on the roof was the director yeah i think that's how do you know really yeah i'm pretty sure where'd you find that out i was watching a video earlier oh that's gross that is gross <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. (laughs) Do you want to know what that is as gross as is Quentin Tarantino writing himself into movies as the guy that says the N word all the time? Yeah. Or or touches women's feet. Yeah. (laughs) Or worse, if you've seen From Dusk Till Dawn. I have not seen From Dusk Till Dawn, but I think I know the scene you're talking about where he like sucks on toes. Uh, And his character does a lot worse. Yeah. He does things he'd be arrested for. And he wrote the movie. So. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop thinking about the snail post throughout this entire. Really, it, it and was, out of can you can you explain for maybe those who don't know what you're talking about what the snail post is? It's basically just a Reddit guy who's like, "Hey, would you take you know a billion dollars, um, like cash? But if you accept, then there's a snail that always knows where you are and is always coming towards you, and if it can touch you, you die." Mm. And yeah, it's like the premise of this movie, except mm-hmm. for no money. <laughs> yeah, just you get to live. Yeah, if you pass it on. Uh huh. <laughs> Scott, I'm 
I have a couple questions for you. First, you said that there were plot holes in this movie. I'd like to hear what those are. And two, you said that there were some weird cinematography choices, yeah. and I was curious about that as well. I would say when I was talking about cinematography, I think there was just one in particular, um, and it was towards the end before the pool scene. Uh, the entire movie hadn't done this yet, but then we get like a shot from the thing's point of view. It just felt off to me. I'm like, okay. why are we in this perspective now? Uh-huh. I don't know that I even remember that. It was just walking down a hallway, and it's just their point of view. You can see that you can feel the camera like shaking a little. Because bit back, I, back I think that the worst thing from a camera perspective that a horror can do is put us in the mm-hmm. in the per, like in the point of view of the protagonist or the antagonist. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it just felt weird to me. It felt like a weird choice. But I don't even know that I remember. I, I guess I was just. I don't know. I just don't. I don't even remember that. At least I'm assuming that's what that was. Maybe it was just a weird, unconnected picture of a hallway. It was. It was probably that. Uh-huh. It was probably. What yeah, I'm sure. What I'm sure what you read it was is what it was. Um, no, I'm not doubting you. I just don't. I'm surprised I don't remember it. I feel like I should because I think that that's a terrible choice. Yeah, I agree. Also, what happened with uh, the first girl that died? To it like, did she just give up? I yeah. think so. She yeah. was yeah. like, whatever, let it kill me. I think so. I think okay. that's exactly what it was. I mean, yeah, because she calls her parents and like tells them I love you. And it, it very much seemed like she was, was giving up. And she was just tired of flee. running. I think so. Yeah. So was that someone else that this dude had slept with? I think it had to have been. Yeah, yeah. it was. And he, then it came back to he him. Said, he said, I gave it to someone, but they died and it came back to me. Got it. What were some of the plot holes for you, Scott? Um, man, I don't remember off the top of my head. I really should have. Actually, I think I did write something down. Hold on. Let me look at my, uh, my phone real quick. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It, well, Scott looks at that, but some movies we watch are like, I need to take notes on this. Like Sleepy Hollow. That was for me this month, but mm-hmm. then other movies, I just feel like I remember what I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I ever on those movies. I don't feel like I missed what I wanted to talk about, but for some reason I'm like, I need to write this down because I will not remember to write it. <laughs> Uh, okay uh these aren't plot holes but i just wanted to read some of my notes to you guys because i think they're funny as i read them i said what's with that weird phone oh um, the, the, the 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 shell phone yeah the, the it's like, she's like reading it but then she uses it later as a flashlight but also at the same time like this girl's using landlines with like old school phones i'm like what year is it's it just the weirdest way to read Dostoevsky. Yeah, because, yeah, the the, the idiot. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys catch, I was going to bring it up actually during the thing, but did you guys catch that this was the second movie in this that quotes Dostoevsky's The uh, the Idiot? They quoted The Idiot in The Thing? It's I don't think the, I noticed it's that. It's the last, it, it's a paraphrase, but it's the last sentence of the movie. You know, I tried to do The Idiot on audiobook and it was too, it's too dense. Yeah. For me to do an audiobook, I need to like get the the physical book and read it. But yeah, she reads that sentence and uh uh what's his name? Kurt Russell paraphrases that same quote from the thing from the idiot in the thing. I feel like if I had watched the thing after this, I would have caught that, but I didn't. And so I, I didn't catch that. Uh, I did watch it, this after the thing and I still caught it. That's it, yeah. I, you're smarter than I am. <laughs> uh, but I, sorry, Scott, you Tyler brought up her reading the idiot from mm-hmm. the hospital bed at the end of the movie. I liked that scene. I thought that was a cool way to end the movie, but I remember thinking like, that's just the most tone deaf thing to read in front of your friend who has the I, demon STD. 
I coming think, to kill her? To me, I think that was one of one of my beefs with the movie was like I don't like where it's like you just have a character who's reading a book that has some message that you want to get across, and then you right. just get to let her make some sort of dump with the message you want to get across. I don't like that as a plot device. I actually really hate it. I agree I with you. I, I felt the same thing when it happened. Yeah, I, I felt the same. I think it's really, really lazy. Hmm. Yeah. I kind of liked it a little bit. Uh, I hated it. Okay. I, I thought it was lazy. It's like, well, oh, well, Dostoevsky said this better than I could have, so what that guy said. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. Um. Oh yeah, I said POV ghost before final scene. Uh, talking about like the point of view of the thing. Um. I also said how <laughs> this is a like a more logistical, funny question. How does it work with the fishing dudes? Like, there's the three dudes on the boat. She's obviously gonna go sleep with them to give herself more time. I guess. Uh-huh. Do you think she did it? Yeah, I think she did. She did. I think that was the implication. Yeah. Like her cast was all messed up and everything. That that's a discussion that people have had with this movie: is did she do it or not? I wasn't clear on if she did do it. I, okay. I think it is ambiguous. I don't. I, I thought don't it was know ambiguous. If it's as necessarily well. clear because okay, she this, leaves and it's coming back to her. Uh huh. For the sake of this conversation, I just want to have a logistical conversation with you guys. Can it swim? No, no, no. Well, yeah, sure. That we was have that, conversation that was too. one of the questions I had. Um, like, could you just go to an island? I guess. Right. Yeah. Does this thing know how to get on an airplane? Is right. the question. Yeah, it does. Um, the director answered that in an interview. He <laughs> it, said it, it swims does. or it gets on an airplane. It can get on an airplane. Um, <laughs> but the which the, is less believable to me than it can swim. I think. Then, <laughs> I, would, I would assume it can swim. The funniest thing in the world to me would be the the stewardess coming up and yep. being like, "Do you want anything to drink?" <laughs> just stares. No, it doesn't know. It's a, it's an empty seat, or it's just standing in the aisle or something. The entity buying an airplane. Oh yeah, ticket. because <laughs> no one they else, can't see it. No yeah, one, no one else it. Can it just see walks it. in. Yeah, it yeah. just walks in. So um, there's a stewardess. Maybe there's a stewardess that had it. It is like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that, I want to watch that movie. I do too. It follows on a plane. Yeah. yeah. It follows, but like fifty people removed. Yeah. yeah. So like she can see it, and she's yeah. like, I don't want to be that. Every guy. person yeah. on every person on this plane joins the Mile High Club. Um, Keep passing it to the other person. No, it's just so hot potato. <laughs> let's say she uh, did sleep with the three fishermen. Uh huh. And she, it was like this, like orgy situation. Yeah, is it transferred to the first person? I think the first person. The yeah. first person. And like, does it have to be? And I don't know if this needs flagged or not. Like, <laughs> yes. why is if a different like version of sex happened with that you, transfer? You don't think PMB would work? <laughs> Like I just don't know. Like I think, what are the logistics of this so like, demon transfer? I think I think that's, like like part, these are the things I was thinking about and laughing. I think at uh, no, I get it. So, yeah. I think that's like part, are, are Mormons safe? Right. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's like, part of the fear is that it's like you just have to like you like even if you don't want to do this, you have to do it so to like, get rid of. If but you're like, gay, you're one hundred percent safe. It has to be. I'm assuming some well, kind of like physical intercourse i think probably the opposite i think <laughs> like you get punished even more <laughs> so did, like, you're the never thing gonna go, get it did the thing go and just kill the first fisherman and leave the other two or did it kill all we three? don't know it probably killed the just the first one we because that's all it cares about yeah but technically if it's like an they all slept together but it oh, but it's, it's just the first one first so like if <laughs> and I'm i not, doubt mind, it was an yeah. But <laughs> so you think it, she just, just went up on raft. that? You think, you think she just went up on that boat and slept with one? Yeah, you think all the other two were just watch? Her? I think all of this needs to be flagged. 
We're going to have to mark this episode as explicit. <laughs> so all that being said, I thought there was just so uh, much ridiculousness in the sorry, plot itself. Question. Where, yeah. where does this land in the appropriate age range of Sleepy Hollow is like 12 to 14? <laughs> yeah. Where is it follows? Probably like, like 16 to 17. Considering that okay. this demon is obsessed with... Like every single half of the time, it's an undressed woman. It's uh-huh. a it's a seventeen year old, yeah, and it's a seventeen year old boy for sure. And That's I don't, who this target. I don't understand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't understand. Like so many scary movies, like lean into nudity. Like, why is that a thing? I think it's there's like <sighs> this like at, I, I I feel like there's this maybe this that, taboo around it, and that is maybe frightening. But I don't know. I think that yeah, nudity I, in this film is used differently than it is in Friday the 13th. I agree. Yeah, that was... Or yeah. any of the slasher films from the 80s. I completely agree. I completely agree. Because yeah, like most this of the time, it's like, like a victim that's like doing something. I, I realize it's different, but I'm uh-huh. saying it's still like occurring in this genre. And I'm just wondering, like, mm-hmm. is there like a, like, you know, like connection on like you know when you see something like that you're more adept to becoming scared because you're thinking about something different or like i would say there are two things with it one is that whenever we see nudity uh it is going to feel awkward like that's just going to make people in america feel awkward like if you're sitting in a movie theater or you're sitting in front of your tv with your wife or you're sitting with a group of friends you see nudity, it's going to make you have a feeling immediately of being uncomfortable because you know that you have or should have a reaction to this that you now need to like hide or laugh about or like diffuse with everyone else in the room who is probably you, you assume is having in that same instant, that same subconscious reaction. So using nudity in horror movies does set your audience on edge in a specific way of just at a like specific being time uncomfortable. of being uncomfortable. And so you can use it as a tool in that sense. But I also think what's happening here is I agree with Zach. I think that like it's being applied here in a way that's different from like something like Friday the 13th or slasher movies. That was way more about using sex appeal to sell horror movies because people who are likely to go see horror movies are typically younger males and you can sell that movie better. If there's a hot girl who's going to have her top off. I don't think that's what's happening in this movie. I think they're using nudity in an artistic way. Um, not in like a, we're trying to just get money kind of yeah, a way. But I, that said, if I was worried about this and I was like, okay, naked girl, I'm running away. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying I'm not arguing for why the internal logic of the movie is good. I'm arguing for why they included yeah. those scenes I think, in the production of the movie. I agree. I think it's more unsettling for us, but I think as far as plot holes, that's the one yeah, that I can sure. That's the only one that I can think of. Yeah, it's like why is fair. it cuz it's like a pretty this. intelligent I don't, I'm, wait, I'm sorry. What's what's the plot hole here? As far it as like picks it, really bad things, it's to be trying like. to get to you, and it is not blending in oh, in a way yeah, that I it could have. Sure. Yeah. So like that is what what I would think is a plot hole. We're like I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but the at the end in the pool season, uh, that's her dad. Yes. Yes. Um, and I he's out of the picture, right? That so is, like I'd be like, oh, that's not my dad. 
you know, if I was this girl. Yeah. Like, it's very obvious that this is the, this is it I, following me. Yeah. The, the but, way that I can maybe make sense of this, and I'm not like, I don't feel very confident in this argument. I'm more so playing devil's advocate. Um, I think that maybe you could try to make the case that the monster enjoys scaring the victim. And that's and, what, and that's what the guy said to her at the beginning of the movie. He said, it can look like anyone. Sometimes I think it looks like the people close to you just to mess with you. Yeah. Like he I, said I, that in the very, like in his, like, here's the rules of it. That's true. I, and I guess if she had, and this is what I was reading some is people infer from that line. And from the fact that it became her dad was that he was abusive yeah, or something was that like, she has some trauma associated with her dad and that would be particularly frightening to her. But I guess if it was just trying to get, at her that I think is the worst way to do it because sure, but it's already at her. Now it's trying to like toy with her. Yeah. Because I, to, to that point as well. And I don't know if this is ever even hinted at in the movie. I only read it because I was, I was reading, uh, you know, trying to do some research in the movie or maybe I read it in, or I'm sorry, picked it up in one of the interviews, but I believe that the very first person that we see it embody is supposed to be the the dates that dude his mom i didn't i didn't get that i don't think there's any way for us to like i don't think the movie reveals that uh-huh. we meet I, her later oh you're right we do so maybe if it's the same actress i, I don't say think yes, i think it is i just don't think i was it was just so far apart it is yeah that i don't think i was thinking about that i had no idea but more so just to back up the point that like i think that some of these characters that we see it embody are characters that, or are there people that our characters do know and have relationships with? I guess, but like one of them was like, I, I was looking at this, like the tall guy was like, apparently yeah. he was like the tallest guy from some state. I forget. It was like based off of some real guy uh-huh. that this person wouldn't have known. Oh, I mean, and I do think that there are times where like, it's just for the sake of the audience unsettling. Yeah. And that's where I feel characters. like, I feel like I'm picking nits where it's like, this is to scare the audience. Yeah. And this is in, in like, Movies are made for the audience. And right. I think in, in this case, I can be like this. It's fine that this is to scare me and it doesn't yeah. necessarily make sense. It's it's almost the same thing. Uh, maybe I'll, well, I'll wait for the conjuring, but like, I feel like the conjuring does something similar to where it's just like, if you're trying to think of the, the most effective way for the demon to accomplish its goal, it wouldn't be this way, but this makes for a scarier and more enjoyable movie experience. And I think I'm going to talk about this probably next week as well. Is yeah. That I don't think that, this is how it would work. Right. For sure. Right. For sure. Um, well, and I'll, I'm going to give some, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate for it right now for the creature. Uh, you're going <laughs> to defend pro its choices. Cre- you're pro creature. I'm pro creature right now. Uh, <laughs> well, we're getting political. <laughs> I know. Right. No, I mean, if, if I'm this, you know, creature that can only travel a certain speed kind of a thing, I don't know that, that, uh, trying to be clandestine is always going to be super effective. I think just as an effective as we kind of see in this movie, just as an effective means of attack is to uh, like freak the person out because humans have a flight fight or flight response. And usually flight oftentimes for most living creatures ends up into a, 
room with only one exit. That's just what we always tend to back ourselves into a corner. And all living creatures do tend to back themselves into a corner when they're scared. Uh And so like to be like really like creepy, even though like, yeah, like it's a bad tactic for sneaking up on someone. It's probably a really good tactic that this creature has developed. And that's to put people make people freaked out and they're going to make stupid decisions. And that I think that's also maybe one of the things that kind of plays into the unsettling or unexplained nature of it is like, is it doing this because it likes it? Is it doing this right. because it's a strategic decision? Right. All the, you have these questions. Yeah. And <laughs> you don't know. Like you don't end, know. You end the movie and you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea if this is like, uh, like zombies instinctual drive for brains. Or if this is a sadistic, well-thought-out, strategized plan of attack. Yeah, or even the question that I had that I think was the most pressing question is like, what if it gets all the way back to the end of the chain? Right. What, what happens? happens? Yeah. I thought and about I that no too. no idea. And I, all of it is just, all of it serves to be just a little bit more unsettling. I, I think, think I uh, agree. a weirder question than that is how did it start? Yeah, no, I, I had that question as well. Totally. Like, how did this start? What happens if we get back to the beginning? Is the first person dead? And what happens if the person that it's going after is dead? I guess it just goes back. I don't know. I, all of it was like just, I don't know, all of it, all of the mystery, all of the unanswered questions is what makes this more effective, I think, to print to me personally as a, a horror where I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, were there any jump scares in this in this movie that did get you I don't you think guys? there were jump scares that got me. I think it was the moments that really got me was these like really tight where it's like, I'm in a house mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go. Yep. Like those made me very tense. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think there were any jumps that got me. I think I agree. There were, there was one this time around. It was right after uh, the scene that Tyler mentioned earlier when the brick goes through the window and the dude runs upstairs and then the main girl's walking through the house and like kind of turns and looks in the kitchen and you see it right there. I had completely forgotten about that, that scene. Um, But the first time I watched this movie, the tall dude got me really good. Mm. That really freaked me out. He's really unsettling. When he just kind of comes, he like materializes out of the shadow. Yeah. And then walks through right into the room. And the, I, I think there's really something about having not everybody be able to see it. Oh, that, yeah. Because you you are empathizing with the main character and it's real to you. But to have everybody else not necessarily believe you. And I, I think that was why I, I saw Smile. And I think when that becomes available that'll probably be a, a, a pick that i make because i think that that is um like to have like this thing that is real to you whether or not necessarily it's real to us it's real as the audience yeah uh is so much more scarier that they can't see it and they they don't know mm. what's going on and then you have this this questioning of is this real should i just ignore this or is this going to kill me if i do ignore it I think all of that serves to make it just a little bit more frightening. No, I, I agree. And, and I, I mean, Jake, I, I, I really think I'm going to think about pretty much every horror movie from now on from the lens that you've shared about that, like that it's, you know, uh, information and re- resolution, you know, or uh-huh. like the, the two enemies or, or, you know, the ways to kill fear. Like that's, that's super interesting. And, and I really do think you have actually talked me up on this movie quite a bit. Um, so thanks. I think I talked myself yeah, thanks, up Jake. on this movie as soon as I, I watched it and I was like, I don't, 
it's not a movie I would pick, but I'm really thinking about it. And I'm, I've been thinking about it more and I've been thinking about how it, it relates to other horror movies because I think what Spooktober has done for me because I don't like horror movies and I've been trying to figure out why because it's not like I hate horror like there are horror video games that I love like I don't know if you guys have heard of Alan Wake but it's one of my favorite games and it's it's a survival horror game and like it, it's not that I hate horror it's that I there are like whatever modern popular horror is kind of bugs me and so when there's a movie that makes me think I don't know it just, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this movie in particular a lot, comparing it to other movies we've done. You have not succeeded in talking me up. <laughs> I didn't think I would. Yeah. Is there but anything it, anyone could have done to talk you up on this movie, Scott? Um, I don't know if you could have like revealed something to me that would have made it scary. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Scott's the opposite of what Jake said. More information. Yeah, this is that's like, always good. There's just nothing what's, scary about like this thing to me. Like if I had very, to choose any of the Spooktober picks up to this point that I had to live in that world, this would probably be my choice. You're insane. You could that's never an, sleep. That's an insane thing. You could say. never you you could never sleep anywhere. You know, Why? like or just I don't have you, it. You, you're never I'm just living in this. But world. If, you, if you get okay, it, that but <laughs> living in this. Oh, yeah, I would choose to live in the conjuring if I didn't have a demon infesting my house. <laughs> yeah. Or the thing where the thing just dies in Antarctica. Yeah, or whatever. I would live in the thing if I lived in California Probably. and I wasn't in Antarctica. What are you saying? <laughs> Does it die in Antarctica? Yes. How do you know? You never see that. How do you? It has just as much closure as this movie. Wow. <laughs> uh, what do you guys say we put this one to bed? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Zach, you're up first. I'm going to give this 7.7 7, uh, Save Your Simps. <laughs> That's way lower than I thought you were going to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like a, a work of art, like the best film I've ever seen, but I, I like it. I think it's solid. I'm going to give this 6.8 um, Not Scary Movies. Jake? I'm going to give this uh, 7.2 naked directors on the roof. <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, 7.5 uh, demonic STDs. <laughs> All right. This comes out to a 73%. Once again, Rotten Tomatoes give this a 95%. IMDb gave it a 6.8. And it comes out to a 73%, which makes a movie number 94 out of 150. All right. You know what? I, I It's about where I expected it to be. And it was, I think, a more interesting conversation than maybe most of the Spooktober picks we're going to have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would agree probably. With that. Yeah. I was surprised at how low you all uh, put it with how high you guys talked about it. I think that there was just interesting things to talk about. And not necessarily that means that I, I didn't love the movie. I wouldn't watch it again. Like, I'd seen it before and I wouldn't watch it again unless I had to. Uh, but. I think it's interesting to talk about. All right. Uh, we're going to Tyler. We're going to you next week. Yeah. So next week uh, we are doing The Conjuring. We talked about The Conjuring for about 20 of these a, 50 a good, minutes. A good part of this. Yeah, like five. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what comes up it's, next week. It's kind of hard not to compare the, the Spooktober picks to each other. Sure. Because we know, watch yeah. them in so much proximity. Well, and just because we're sticking to one genre, yeah. you know, so it'd be like if we did a comedy month. We're not. It'd be hard not to compare the the mo funny movies to each other. Totally. But, yeah. but we're not usually comparing Raging Bull to Fast and Furious Six. 
I do Correct. every day. <laughs> I think it's also easy, and we've done it too, like comparing to past Spooktober picks too. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. I, when we go into Conjuring, I feel like there's going to be a lot of perhaps reference to like Amityville Horror. Sure. Because it's yeah. the same movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Zach, do you have any final thoughts to say about that? Um, yeah, I'm happy that I finally was able to enjoy the Amityville Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.